You are listening to Moon Cops, a real play RPG set in the Sayer universe. For more information, visit IamSayer.com. Hey everybody, welcome to, I don't know, I think someone didn't really come up with a name for this. Right now I'm calling it um, Gateway to Aristeus. That's the name of the game. I just made that up. Um, I'm Adam Bash. This is a Sayer RPG that's supported by the awesome, awesome patrons of Sayer. And five, I guess, in particular are here with me today. So let's kind of go around and talk who we are. Not so much who we're playing yet, because I guess that'll all get re- revealed. So we'll go we'll go left or right on my screen. So Emily, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Emily, the crafty DM. Uh, happy to be here. Um, what do you want to know about me? Nothing. Okay. This is like every job interview I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have Fred. Hello, everybody. Yes, my name is Fred. And I currently live in Texas, but I'm not from Texas. That's all I got. Uh, we have Matt. Hi, I'm Matthew. I currently live in Orlando, but I'll be moving next month. I didn't give you guys a lot to go on, did I? No. <laughs> like what our you know favorite hobby is, or you know. Well, I guess I, I I guess I handcuffed I handcuffed everybody right off the bat by saying. Uh, so when you introduce yourself, don't say anything about your character, because that's what everybody like instinctively does. Well, and now um, all we're thinking about is our characters. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mike. Hi, I'm Michael Lane. You might know me from things like Cthulhu and Friends and other podcasts. Great to be here. That's how pros do it, guys. <laughs> I know, right? I wish I had a podcast so I could use that as an introduction. <laughs> Got to work on that. And last but probably not least, I see Sam over there. Hi, guys. My name's Sam Brady. So excited to be here. Huge fan of Sarah. I'd say boxers over boxers and briefs. And uh, yeah, just ready to have a good time. <laughs> how, how do you feel about like the boxer brief hybrid? Oh, great. That's my go-to. Yeah, that's also it's, awesome. It's the comfort and support that I so sort of <laughs> All right. So this is a game that we've... Uh, We've never played before. Um, nobody's ever played it before because I kind of just made it. Um, it is an RPG set in the Sayer universe. Um, it shares a lot with a lot of, um, I guess, familiar games. It's got some fady stuff in there, some traditional D20 stuff. Um, all the characters have you know, six basic uh, attributes that can be used for all their skill checks. And then they've got six different skills that uh, make up a, a pyramid of skills. So um, they, they're really, really good at one thing. They're pretty darn good at a couple other things. And then they're better than most at, um, at three other skills. And so they, they can, most situations can be solved basically with the D20 and just rolling um, skills, particularly trying to figure out ways to um, solve problems with skills that you are actually good at. So applying the things that your character is good at um, to the problem is kind of how... Uh, I see it. Uh, the nice thing is, is that I, I think almost everybody chose um, some fairly different skills. Um, I didn't give any of the players a skill list going into this because I want I want everybody to kind of have the ability to to build um, whatever they want. And despite uh, I think a theme where everyone seems to think they will need some level of endurance to survive on Typhon. <laughs> Um, everybody picked some fairly diverse skills, so that's pretty exciting. Um, so there'll be an opportunity in game where we'll get to learn uh, more about all of these characters, kind of what they're good at, what they, um, you know, what their story is, kind of who they are. Um, but I just kind of wanted to give a, a kind of that brief overview of what of how we're going to play, and it's going to be kind of loose. A lot of these numbers haven't been. I mean, we've never play tested this. This is our play test, right? So. Some of the numbers that that went into the build, they may be a little strong, they may be a little weak. I guess we'll kind of figure out, and I can adjust my tables as need be in the future. 
But are we ready to go? Yeah. Absolutely. So ready. I'm ready All for right. some football. <laughs> oh, shit. Football's on. Guys, we're going to have to play tomorrow. Okay. I forgot yeah, about I was, that. I was watching my phone this entire time. Wait, is it football <laughs> Sports season? ball takes everything from me. <laughs> it's winter sports ball. <laughs> okay. So, the only character currently in this uh, start of this game is a young gentleman by the name of Kenneth. Um. So, yeah, the one person who has himself muted might want to unmute himself right now. <laughs> so, Sam, um, we are starting with Kenneth in a transport vehicle. Um, he's headed towards a facility outside of Minas Tower, where he currently resides. Wow. Can you explain, tell, talk about your character a little bit, um, who he is, what he's good at, uh, what he likes, what he looks like? Um, please pronounce his last name for me because I have no idea. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> his last name, like all his names are actually an homage to someone in my family. His name is Kenneth George Brereton, resident ID 51-001. <clears throat> uh, physicality, he's like five foot 11. He's currently like 140-ish pounds with very obviously Irish ancestry, kind of reddish face, very blonde hair, uh, green eyes. <clears throat> uh, you would immediately... Peg him as kind of, I guess, personality-wise, a little bit passive and reserved, I think, at first um, glance, perhaps. And then you wanted motivation for coming to Typhon, was that? Um, yeah, sure. Like, kind of what, what's he, what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why did he come to Typhon? Um, why did he leave Earth? Because none of these, none of these characters, it's important to note, have, were born on Typhon. Right. I didn't even know. I can't even. I've never even considered people born on Typhon. <clears throat> he certainly had no idea what to expect. I imagine that was a great big uh, pull of the appeal of a fresh start, a clean slate. Uh, he felt his talents were underappreciated. He, he works very hard and he's very talented at um, professional endeavors he's done in the past. Um, but he's not always his best um, advocate or, or spokesperson for his own talents and felt a little overlooked. He was very overweight when he first came to Typhon, a little bit not in a good way mentally. He weighed about 220. Um, very quickly that lost, uh, he lost that weight adapting to life on Typhon, and he has a very gaunt uh, physical appearance now. I think that life on Typhon may have accentuated some of his um, passiveness, at least how it comes across. That's how I imagine him anyways. Okay. Well, Kenneth has has been doing fairly well for himself since he got to Typhon. Um, he's still a tier one researcher, but he is uh, he was assigned to Minos Tower, which mm. should be a source of pride for for any resident on Typhon. So he does know right now, kind of where he's been where he's been sent. He is on transport, and he's alone in the vehicle aside from the driver. Um, and he is headed to a place that is colloquially known as the Dream Heap. Because it's where hundreds of projects that were never quite up to, to snuff, they never quite worked right. Um, this is where they end up. So it's the dreams of hundreds and hundreds of scientists before are all piled up in this place. So he knows of this place. Colloquially, again, it's talked about and not, not talked about um, as a place one would want to go. And he's heard it's effectively a dead end assignment to be to be sent to the dream heap. So that's it. You are riding in a transport vehicle. The driver is, uh, I guess, paying attention solely to the to the uh, the road itself. Um, you know that the the location of this facility is a couple of miles outside Minos, so you've got a short trip there. Okay. <clears throat> So, um, can I see out of this vehicle? Can I percept what I see around me? Yep, absolutely. As you look around, you just kind of see the, the, the dust of Typhon kind of settling uh, on the wake of the truck's tires. It settles really quickly, which is, it still, still seems unnatural. The, the way that um, the gravity works here is just very different. You haven't had a lot of opportunities to be outside um, since you came to Typhon, but you noticed it on your original trip to, to Minos, and you notice it now, that dust just settles quicker um, in the artificial gravity here. It gives the impression that just your very being there is an interference that Typhon's quick to get past. 
you don't see the facility. It's not lit up or anything like that. It's it's aside from the the glow being kind of cast everywhere from from Earth. You don't really see much besides Minos Tower behind you, and then kind of the road ahead. Okay. Um, Kenneth will be fascinated looking at the dust and stuff, and after some time contemplating his current situation, I think I'm going to try gather information on the driver. Um, say hi, I'm I'm resident. 51-001, just kind of probe him to see if he's responsive in any way. Should I roll for that? Uh, Yeah, sure. What are you trying to, you're just trying to get some, just basically who he is. like Who he is and uh, who he is in regards to this mission. Is this another day for him or whatever? Gotcha. 14 plus 4 is 18. Okay. So the driver, as you take a good look at him, he's dark hair, dark eyes. He he basically looks like he's carved out of quartz, and that's um, euphemistic, which I suppose I should probably mention. He's not actually made out of quartz, <laughs> but he's just very sharp. He's very angular. Mm. He he looks like a very strong individual. Um, hard face, deep set eyes. He's he's gripping the wheel with his just massive meat hook hands. He looks pretty hard work, and he just kind of doesn't doesn't even glance back your way. And just says, Resident, what? You got a name, kid? Yes, uh, uh, Kenneth. Kenneth Brereton. Well, you're in for it, aren't you, Kenneth? I suppose so. Um, what's your name, friend? Uh, name's Lonnie. Lonnie Clayton. On my way, uh, yet again, to the Dream Heap, I suppose. Huh. Huh. So you make this trip pretty often, Lonnie? A little bit more than I'd like to. Every now and again, uh, another one of you eggheads gets assigned up here to oversee some sector of this junk pile, and, and I get to take time away from my real job uh, to play chauffeur. So, um, uh, yeah, I suppose it does happen now and again. Gotcha. I'm so sorry for the trouble, Mr. Clayton. A quick question, if you don't mind my asking. You drive people out here to the Dream Heap. Do you often drive people back? Hmm. Not really had much cause to. Got it. <laughs> and with that, mm. does uh, Kenneth just kind of sit back? <laughs> I suppose so. I mean, Sam wants to pursue things further, but Kenneth probably wouldn't. Okay. Well, if you're if you're satisfied with the the, the depth and breadth of that conversation, you uh, before too quickly, you see a, a large warehouse kind of looming at the edge of your vision. As you pull up to it, you notice that the doors, the uh, front doors are, are already open and uh, Lonnie just kind of idles the car there, kind of looks expectantly at you. Thank you very much, Mr. Clayton. Mm-hmm. So I presume okay. that you getting out and heading on yes, in. I suppose so. All right. Well, as you arrive, um, you walk into kind of a massive open, uh, just kind of just an open area. There's walls kind of all around you. And you can tell that the area that you're standing in now is not the entirety of this facility. The facility as you approached it was was massive. It looks like they could store hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of floors worth of projects into this facility. But it's all kind of based laterally as opposed to vertically, which is the predominant way that architecture tends to happen on Typhon. This area that you're in now just almost feels like a courtyard of sorts. And you are not alone. There are four other individuals kind of milling about as well. And uh, looking around, it's uh, large sheet metal walls. There's fencing uh, along the top of it that reaches up to the ceiling. Straight ahead of you, it looks like there's a there's a stairway that heads up to a to an overwatch area, uh, and then there's doors off to each side. And in this facility, there are all the other characters. So, if any of you would would be communicating with one another, if you would communicate with Kenneth now that he enters in, kind of take that naturally. Or if you would just not communicate until you're instructed to do something, that is perfectly fine too. 
well, are we all here? Like, do we work here or are we all new recruits to the dream heap as well? So you, um, you all, none of you live here. Um, you are all residents of, of other places. I can, in, I can instruct you as to where you live. If you're at all concerned and confused about that. I don't think I wrote that on anybody's sheets, but no, you're not from here. Um, you don't, um, you don't know anything more about this place than, than what Kenneth does. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start and just describe myself. I'm a slightly above average, um, you know, doesn't have the look of intelligence about him, but, uh, definitely is fit physically as his, uh, suit kind of wraps around his muscles. And, uh, my name is Alec and, uh, I'm just, a a regular worker here and I'll probably have that worked out in a little bit. And Alec, you are, um, you are a resident of Aegis tower. Aegis tower. Got it. Well, I'm a, um, fairly tall, uh, woman with uh, dark hair. She's half Japanese, half Greek. Um, and she's pear shaped. So for you visual thinkers, um, and she introduces herself as Anthea. She's a mechanic and test pilot. Uh, and Thea is also from Aegis Tower. Um, I guess when Sam comes in, he sees a very short, uh, skinny-looking individual uh, leaning against a wall somewhere, kind of uh, staring around, looking at all the uh, various projects that are performed. Hands in his pockets, not really uh, paying too much attention to the individuals around him. Goes by the name Raymond Green. Uh, and Raymond is a resident from Halcyon Tower. And my character, Andrew, he would be off by himself, separated from the crowd. He is average height, average build. Not particularly handsome. Dark brown hair, big bushy, big bushy eyebrows, kind of dark circles under his eyes. Very, very worried looking. He's just admiring the architecture. He seems very intelligent, but somewhat socially awkward. Um, Andrew is also a resident of Halcyon Tower. Um, so in summation, you have a pair of Aegis Tower residents, you have a pair of Halcyon Tower residents, and we have uh, Kenneth, who is a Minos Tower um, resident. Uh, you'll All of you will notice, uh, looking at Kenneth, that his uniform is a little bit different. Uh, if you... Um, if you think of the traditional uniform that, that we see Beth drawing and Beth drew all of our characters and she did an amazing job with it. Thank you, Beth. If anybody were to see Kenneth's picture, they, they would notice that he does have a purple stripe instead of the traditional dark red stripe. So the tower the uniform for Minos Tower is slightly different. It's just hmm. just a slight color change. So you had decided Minos Tower before for me before I tweeted about how I'd really love to be from there. That's I decided a lot of things. Yeah, nice. that's why. I, that's why when I res responded, it was like, oh my, <laughs> that's already been taken care of. Sweet. Just real quickly, I can tell you a little bit more about what your characters have been doing. For the most part. So, Anthea, is that, am I pronouncing that right? Anthea. Anthea. She is a Tier 1 Isolation Pod Repair Technician. That which comes up amazing. Far, comes up far more often than you would imagine. Andrew is a Tier 1 Calibrations Imagineer. Ray is a tier one maintenance worker. And Alec is Alec is kind of in a in an interesting position. He is a tier one security trainee, but the security force in in any of the any of Typhon's towers uh, requires an extensive amount of training before you actually progress to the level where you are um, considered a member of the security detail. So he is still undergoing extensive training with the intent of one day uh, being a member of the 
airless security detail. All right. Well, with that, you are all going to hear a bing, bing, binging in your ear. And so I got to prepare that because you guys are going to get your first set of instructions. Du, du, du. Greetings, residents. I am Sayer. And welcome to Research Storage Facility Alpha. This vast complex houses myriad projects that, at one time or another, were of a top priority for Aerolith Dynamics. However, each project, for some reason, was deemed unsuitable for continued research and development, and subsequently scrapped, or sent here, which is effectively the same thing. However, there is much of value to be found in these discarded experiments. Though individually unsound, unstable, or unremarkable, Airless Dynamics believes that, with the proper coordination, disparate parts of these projects can be salvaged into a useful new invention. Who better than you to make this belief a reality? Take a few brief moments to introduce yourselves, play an icebreaker game, or participate in some trust falls. Do whatever it is you humans do to ingratiate yourselves to one another. After, I will give you further instructions with regards to today's activities. So you guys have a few minutes to kind of introduce yourselves to one another, um, get an idea as to kind of who you are, what you work. I mean, we've explained to the we've explained to the listeners, but kind of a, in a, in a more RP sense, talk talk it out with each other, kind of find out who each other are, um, with the expectations that once you guys know each other a little bit better, you'll get some more information as to kind of what you're doing here. Excellent. Kenneth would reach out his hand to whoever's nearest to him. Resident W5-001, Tier 1 Researcher, Kenneth Brereton. Pleasure to meet you. Um, you may not know this, but you don't have, um, you don't have a, any letters in your resident ID number. You just said W5. It's not Did I? Correct. That's a force of habit. My yes. bad. Well, your correct resident ID number is 51001. That is 51001. Got it. So I say as such, perhaps introducing myself to Alec? Uh, yeah, Hello. I'm a six six three eight five. Nice to meet you. So good to meet you. So what 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 brings you to the research storage facility? Wish I knew. Hopefully, I can be used as an asset here in some way. Um, you're how's Sion Tower? Where are you from? Uh, no, no, I'm I'm from the uh, uh, Aegis Tower, and oh. uh, I, I'm currently in training. So I'm you know not anybody important. But uh, I, I'm loving it. You know, I'm learning a lot. And, uh, you know, one day I'll be watching the doors for you. Very good. Good to meet you, Resident. Hey, I'm from Aegeus, too. I don't think I've ever seen you around. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I, I've definitely seen you around, but I'm, I'm nobody significant. My name's Alec, though. Hi. I'm Anthea. Nice to meet you. It's a little creepy that you've seen me and I haven't seen you. Well, it's I kind of embarrassed, but it's it's hard not to notice you. You sound exactly like Sven Gore. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but uh, yeah, I'm okay. This is Kenneth, by the way. Hi, Resident W. Or sorry, Resident Five One Zero Zero One. So good to meet you. So you lead with your number and not your identity. Uh, force of habit, I suppose. You know how things can be on Mina's tower. How are things on, uh, on your tower these days? Apparently security officers watch you without you realizing it. So. it uh, it's, it's my job. I'm learning surveillance right now, and that's what I meant. Alex seems harmless. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm really friendly. I'm a yeah. normal guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Alec probably knows this, but, uh, Kenneth, I, um, I'm a tier one isolation pod repair technician. Ah. Oh. Does that happen often? I say looking worried. Not often enough for you to worry about. 
Okay, it's not on my concern, not in my job description. Didn't mean to inquire. Mm-hmm. What do you research? Uh, anything that's that's needed. Uh, I, it's the I, I, I'm not really sure about the central thrust about what I've been asked to research lately, but I guess now I'm now projects didn't work out to see if I can help find some logistics for them to be an asset to aerodynamics in some way. As a as a side, you will all know that this is kind of this is this is odd you've not none of you since you've arrived here have interacted with any residents from outside your tower you have never met the ones from from aegis you've never met anyone from halcyon Uh, you've never even heard much many stories of people from minos and this is true for for everyone from every other tower you've not had Hmm. any interaction across tower before so does anybody I'll... know a good icebreaker Go game? Ahead. You know, Desert Island <laughs> well, is, or is, something. Is everyone fair here besides me from from um I, I um from Halcyon or Aegis? I'm sorry. I, I'll I'll say looking to the other two people who I haven't spoken to yet, to Matthew and Michael. I'll uh, I'll look up and uh, Rick says no uh, Halcyon. Halcyon, I've, ne- I've never once met someone from Halcyon. I, 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 how is life on Halcyon? Uh, Ray just shrugs. Oh, it's okay, I guess. I'm I'm also a Halcyon Tower resident. Hmm. I would have had you pegged for Minos for sure. What do you guys do? Uh, I'm in maintenance. Somewhat maintenance. Uh, calibration engineer? Hmm. I'm so sorry I spoke over you, um, Anthea. Did you want to play some games? Sayer seemed to think that would be a good idea. That that's well, not really my area. Um... Well, ba- back in my training course, you know, one thing we do is uh, we introduce ourselves and then tell a fun fact about each other. So maybe we could do that, so we can get to know each other a little bit better. Sure. You Alec, what's start. Yeah, you start. Well, you know, uh, like I said earlier, I am in training for security, but, uh, you know, one thing about me is I, I'm really excited to be here, and, and I really want to make a difference, and that's the reason I joined the security team, because, you know, everything that we're doing up here, I, you know, without security, you know, we can't accomplish anything, so... You know, I want I want to I want to make a difference in that aspect. Just a little bit about me. Hmm. I suppose I can follow. I'm Kenneth Brer- um, Brereton, and um, something about me I've never met anyone from a tower besides Minos, but I'm so excited to meet to to meet you guys. And I I do sincerely believe that there is merit to be had here. I know. Some rumors would say otherwise, but I think we can do something like that as well. I'll bluff on that. Uh, 19. Um, anybody that doesn't want to be bluffed um, can, if you have a empathy skill, um, you can roll that. Otherwise, you're going to be rolling um, a straight mental force. No, sorry. Finesse. Social force. Social, Social force. Ooh, um, 14. You seem fairly reassured that he might actually know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, yeah, social force. Okay. And cool. uh, how about you, Anthea? What's your story? Well, um, I used to uh, work on Earth for the uh, for the space program. I was an engineer. Uh, eventually, went into uh, test piloting, and uh, then when I got up here, they uh, sent me into isola- isolation pod repair. So, um, I like computers and I like space. <laughs> I like it. Lots of space around here. Mm-hmm. 
Didn't have anything holding me there, so might as well come up here. I certainly can understand that. How about you, Ray? What's a fun fact about yourself? Uh, Ray kind of stands up from leaning against the wall, just kind of gives a quick wave, says, uh, Ray Green, uh, in maintenance, and as he, he looks around and says, we're looking for parts and fixing stuff, that's kind of what I do best. And uh, I, I don't know if I caught your name. Um, what, what was your name? You over there, the resident of the Halcyon Tower? I, I walk back towards the group. Uh, An- Andrew? Andrew Long. I um, I didn't make it into my postgraduate studies at MIT, so I figured I would have some applied studies here at Typhon. Uh, I'm good with machines. That was thoroughly uncomfortable. <laughs> Now that you have grown familiar with one another, today's activities can begin. You will be engaged in a competition of sorts, an experiment to determine what can happen when the right people are set to the right task in the right environment. You will be split, in a collective sense, into two groups of two. The more mathematically inclined residents in attendance will notice a discrepancy here, but bear with me for the time being. Each group will be tasked with designing, salvaging, and constructing what they feel to be the optimum weapon for inclusion into the vast arsenal of tower security personnel. Tower security acts as the crucial line of defense, safeguarding not only the very lives of every resident on Typhon, but also the myriad scientific advances upon which airlift dynamics will build humanity's future. Their continued ability to swiftly and brutally incapacitate any threat is paramount to airlift's continued success. A project as important as this requires a head researcher. As such, join me in congratulating Resident 51001, Kenneth Brereton, in his promotion to Tier 2 Researcher. As a researcher from Minos Tower, Aerolith feels he is best equipped to oversee this project and assure all parties observe the rules of fair play and maintain the highest level of scientific integrity. He is, as of now, the direct superior to all residents in Research Storage Facility Alpha. It will be Resident Brereton's charge to separate you into what he considers to be ideal working pairs. You will then be separated to Workshop A or B to discuss and plan your builds. As head researcher, Resident Brereton will oversee your progress and provide his logistical advice to both teams from his post within Central Command. In the end, he will be crucial in determining which team completes the most successful build. Aerolith Security is interested in something that achieves permanent incapacitation of a target with minimal collateral damage. Though I am certain each of you is thoroughly and intrinsically motivated by Aerolith's success, I would be remiss if I did not mention that losing this competition will certainly result in reassignment. I understand multiple positions have recently opened in the caretaker department for the holding pins in Research Facility Zeta. It seems we keep filling those positions, yet they seldom stay full. Kenneth looks very surprised. Yeah, you've been promoted. Yes. Well, this might be a uh, Tower v. Tower time. Yeah, we could do that. Aegis versus Halcyon. If uh, uh, our commanding officer agrees, anyway. No objections, so long as you guys are comfortable. Should, shouldn't the teams be broken up by maybe prowess in, in certain faucets? 
I'll uh, I'll look over at Andrew and say I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, oh okay. Hmm. It, yeah. <laughs> if you have an alternative suggestion, uh, um, Andrew, um, absolutely. Um, tower v. Tower seems to work well for me for now, um, I suppose. I mean, you can go ahead and just reassign them now. I mean, you know, me and Anthea, we got this. You two seem to work well together. All right. Tower v. Tower it is, I suppose. Let's do it. All right. So are you assigning the Halcyon group to Workshop A or Workshop B? Do I have any knowledge on either workshop? You haven't even gone to Central Command to figure out where the location of anything in this complex is. Um, so no, you have no, no, you have no knowledge as to what may be awaiting. Um, I'll have them stand by on which workshop I go to and I'll head to central command. That is probably reasonable. Okay. So, uh, you ascend the, t the, uh, the stairs up to central command when you, um, when you open the door, um, th it, this is, you know, made of the same material. I mean, it's, um, it's just steel walls, but, um, inside you see that there's, um, um, not not much in here, uh, aside from um, there's a doorway to your left and right, and there is a workbench up there that has a map of the facility laid out on it. And very noticeably in the center of the room, there is a large chair with a helmet that looks like it can be placed on once you're sitting within that chair. I presume the helmet's for me. I place it on my head. Okay. Um, you immediately start seeing you are out in a scrapyard. You are moving and walking around in a, in a fashion that is unlike how you traditionally move around. Um, so you, you feel like your vision is lower to the ground than normally. Um, your gait is off and you don't feel like you have any control over your body. Not even to remove the helmet? Oh, yes. Um, if you try to reach your arms up and remove the helmet, you can. I can. Okay. Um, the room I'm in is Central Command. Is that correct? And this is yes. the object in that room? Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I suppose I'll see what I can see in the helmet, just doing a quick uh, 360. Um, it, as that being, if I can. Okay. Give me, a, give me a mental force check of some sort. Mental force. Look at That's going to be a natural one. Okay. <laughs> um, try as you might, you're a little discord. You're just a little like discombobulated with the sudden change in your view. You're not. You're not able to. I, I mean, your view is changing like you're moving your head, but it's not tied in any way to the direction you feel like you're trying to move your head. So it feels like something else is in control of what's going on. When you when you try looking around, yikes! That being very disorienting, I think I try to reach up and remove the helmet. Yep, no problem. Doing so. Cool. And there's nothing the else helmet. in the room. Uh, small table with a map of the facility. Is there anything on the map of the facility that I can examine? Yeah. So you can see that this facility is actually split in half. There's a massive fence that goes directly out from Central Command. Uh, workshop A, which is to the left when you come in, exits out to the left-hand side of this facility, which is labeled um, with general experiments. One is the main section of this of the map with two smaller sections off of there, one called vehicular experimentation and the other quantum experimentation. My initial instinct is that um, Emily is a good fit for vehicle and... Um, Andrew is a good fit for uh, quantum. Uh, the other side of the map for, for that exits out from workshop B has another general section labeled general two. Off of that, there are sections, one called demolitions experimentation and one called biological experimentation. So general one, vehicle quantum, general two, demolitions. And what was the other one? biological so i mean you're getting from this map that basically they have as as they as as best they can try to contain like 
like projects together. And so it seems like there is four basic groups that these things have been kind of segregated into. And then there's just kind of general randomness in the majority of this area. So the general, the general experimentation sections are gigantic. And then there are smaller areas for these other offshoots. But it does appear that whoever is assigned to workshop A will only have access to vehicular experimentation and quantum experimentation. And likewise, whoever's assigned to workshop B will only be granted access to demolitions and biological experimentation. Do I have an easy mode of communication with the teams besides exiting this tower and going back to them physically? Or can I um, speak to them through communications of some kind? Um, you don't have any means of communications right now, but you also have two doors in this place that you haven't checked. Oh, I'll check those. I'll check the first door. So if you go to the door to the left, you will see a supply closet. It is, does not appear to be malicious at this time. Oh, shoot. (laughs) So inside you, you see just some, some basic, basic gear, some climbing gear. It looks like there's a little bit of just different outfits in, in case you want to you know switch into something more tactical or, or something of that nature stuff similar to what the security uh, what a security team would wear but not obviously of the same quality there are communication devices on those so if you wanted to to have a way to communicate with your teams that would be the way awesome yeah I'll um, quickly check out the next door and then probably go back take the suits to the teams Okay, the other door is locked. Okay. I'll take the suits. I presume there's enough for everyone. Yeah, there is. Conveniently in the proper size. Or maybe not too conveniently. I mean, they do kind of plan this stuff out. (laughs) I'll take the suits to the teams and give them to them. Okay. I'll um, let them know, hey, I know that we kind of um, were thinking tower versus tower, but I've gotten a little bit more information on what the two facilities are, and I want to make sure we're best set up to succeed here um my understanding is that group um, one is going to be dealing with vehicle and quantum and group two will be dealing with demolitions and biological if ever you feel how you have a skill set that's best suited to these tasks i'd love to hear it and Thina, i think you're a good fit for vehicle from your space background that tends to be what i'm good at I'm I'm a mechanical engineer, so I I kind of that's my area of expertise. Okay, Alec. I when I heard demolitions, I thought of you as someone who's training for security. It might be helpful to your career. That sounds uh, interesting. Okay, uh, Mr. Raymond, um, what do you think about demolitions biologically? Well, bio is not really my thing, but I could probably scrounge up something in demolitions. I don't want to set you guys up to fail. Do you, do you do any of you have any background whatsoever in biological, or does anyone? Yeah, I'm not going to say I have any kind of experience in biological. No one? Okay. We'll get more information when you get to our specific stations. <clears throat> Understood, if you don't mind um, those new those new uh, assignments. Let's, let's split us up that way. All right, Ray, I guess you're with me. All right, I'll uh, I'll look up at Alec from my my five foot two perspective and say, uh, I guess so. I assume you're taller than that. <laughs> I pat you on your head. It's <laughs> pretty ruffled. I don't, I don't I don't enjoy that too much. From from my <laughs> from my brief taking of the map, can I have enough directive to let them know locations to head out to? Mm-hmm. Should I roll logistics? Um, I can roll logistics. Yeah, and um, you could. I mean, you could. You could give them a, a basic, like, a basic drawing as to kind of where things are located. Uh, it basically looks like if if Group A, which would be Anthea and Andrew, if they if they go straight out the door from their workshop, they're going to hit into the general area. If they go to their left, they'll run run straight into vehicular experimentation or if they go left from that they'll go down and there's looks like there's a there's a, a corridor there that they could go through uh, which would lead to the quantum experimentation and then for b it's kind of the mirror image of that 
they'll emerge out into kind of the general experiments. And then if they take a right, they'll end up in demolitions. If they take a right from there, um, there's a separate corridor that would take them down to biological. Okay. Would it be appropriate, I just throwing something out there, the mechanics of the game, would it be appropriate to roll um, like a logistics check as like a wisdom check to see what I, or perhaps I should gather more information before I attempt to do something along those lines. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. You can do, I mean, you can roll a logistics and give yourself a, like, hey, am I seeing all angles of this type of thing? If you would have done that before reading any of this stuff, then I probably would have told you no. But now you've read some of this stuff, like, figured out the map and who's who and where's where. And so, I, I think given the information you have now, you're about as good as you're going to get. Okay. I'll do a logistics check before people move out. Yeah, I mean, you're you're basically in the position right now where having assigned teams, um, the teams are expected, based upon the message that you got, you're expected to break up into your separate workshops, uh, which and, and you're just you know expected to plan first, scavenge second, basically. So try to figure out what you Excellent. want, what kind of a device you're looking to build, and then from there, go out and see what you can find. The... The size of this place, from that alone, intones that it's likely that most of anything you can imagine you're going to be able to find somewhere within this facility, assuming you um, are on the right side of the fence from what you're looking for. Okay. 13 on a logistics check. Just to have him go through the information he's seen with a fine-tooth comb and think that there's anything he's missing. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you feel really good about that you have maximized team A's chances for success <laughs> and match them up with what would what would probably be their best uh their best skills you feel just kind of th that as a result of that you've ended up with a team B that um may or may not be matched up with with their ideal skill set uh, or may or may not be paired evenly with team A but I see the result might be that you're giving you're giving your crew the best chance to create something truly useful. Okay. Um, I want to before I lose the chance to have this team in my immediate facility. I want to quickly ask Sayer if I have clearance to get behind the locked door, or if there's anything of use to our mission there. Okay, I am going to need you to roll and this is this is the first time this has come in i'm gonna need you to roll a percentage die okay oh, shit. you're now you are you are actually in a, in a decent spot because you're doing this with a high social skill um but you're gonna roll a percentage die and you are gonna try to beat a 65 try to beat a 65 mm-hmm 66 66 <laughs> that's unlucky Execute order 66. Sweet. All right. All right. So, yeah. So you get the message back. Let me get over to that. So none of the rest of you hear this, but pretend, just pretend you don't hear this. Okay. Resident 51001, if you were granted access to that particular door, the door would be open. Please consider the use of my time in the future. Pulse. You got shut down, son. <laughs> okay. You got close. <laughs> yeah, you were wow. at a you were I mean that was listen, you have a you have a really high social skill, okay? Uh -huh. And so uh -huh. that sets kind of where your percentage <laughs> is that you have to hit, but it gets it gets adjusted based upon situations. And so the situation there was that this is right after receiving instructions from Sayer. So it made it like even though you're, you know, there's you know the high social skill, it made it kind of like, okay, you've got a fairly decent chance of getting shut down and uh getting Sayer angry at you. I mean, as angry as a machine gets, but basically starting to see you as less useful. So you barely Once. and very, very narrowly avoided that. Which I want to be of, an asset. Always yeah. going to be seen as an asset. For sure. I want to be an asset, not an asshat. So we can, 
just really quickly for the for the listeners um all of the attributes are set up and it's kind of set up in a grid fashion okay so um all of the players have physical mental and social skills and in each of those domains they have either a force skill or a finesse skill so it's either something like like physical force would be just like pure strength based things physical finesse would be dexterity based or agility based things um and it goes the same with mental mental force would be something like intelligence based mental finesse would be more awareness or uh, wisdom based skills and then social social force is just kind of if it's something that's innate in you um if it's just your presence or your um abilities or just you know the fact that you are scary um those are those are things that are related to social force um, social finesse is kind of more of the trying to influence others through your social abilities or read others. Um, so that's more of an interper- the interpersonal thing. And so all three of those domains also have, based upon how your scores break down, um, they have defenses associated with them. Um, and so uh, Ken just got himself into a position where he had to roll um, uh, basically against his social defense um, because there's more ways to die on Typhon than just straight up dying um there's physical death which is you know the one we're used to uh mental death which can you know equate to basically sanity loss um and then there's social death which is something that happens here um and we term it reassignment so um that means you're getting put somewhere in a job that will result in likely one of the other two happening in short order but on that note i think that's also where we're going to call the episode so Um, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Check back with us in a couple weeks, and you'll hear the ongoing saga of our fearless adventurers in uh, the world of Sayer. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and thanks, everybody, for uh, supporting us on Patreon. It really means a lot to us. 